it's amazing to see the fans obviously out there screaming, and it's a home field advantage for us. up everybody welcome to the second episode of justice for all i'm your host justice general radford um today i have a very special guest founder built in buffalo uh host of billsology uh as well as the buffalo blueprint he does the pre-game he does the post-game he's the, he's all over the place ladies and gentlemen i have king rich akeem richens what is going on bro how are you doing today um, I'm doing lovely, man. Doing lovely. Justice A. Rich, Hakeem Richens. If you don't know me, get to know me. Get to know us. This is indeed the Built in Buffalo Network. And I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm preparing myself for this offseason. I'm actually happy that the Super Bowl is finally over. Uh, I didn't really want to watch it, but some football is better than no football, right? It's unfortunate the Buffalo Bills wasn't able to participate. Um, but we are now in the off season and it's now time to get ready for, uh, making the bills or thinking about what ways we can make the bills better, better. So we can be in that championship game next year. hundred percent. Um, that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today. Um, I have been just out of touch the last, the last weekend or so, man. Um, uh, being in a situation where I didn't have any, any, uh, technology at all well i had technology like we watch movies stuff like that but internet it was it was it was a little weird you know not picking up my phone every every three seconds and seeing what's going on but um i i gotta say it was it was nice um and i feel like i feel rejuvenated i feel like i'm uh you know i'm ready to, to get you know down to business and um so that's exactly what we'll do uh we can go ahead and let's just get into super bowl sunday you know um first let's talk about that uh, I haven't had a chance to discuss it. I'm not sure if you have, but uh, we can we can have that discussion really quick. Obviously, the Los Angeles Rams went ahead and they beat the Cincinnati Bengals, um, and it was a really close game. Um, the Bengals had a chance to win it in the end. Aaron Donald made a Aaron Donald play, uh, squashed everything, and including you know the Bengals' hopes and dreams of winning a championship. Uh, what was your thoughts on the game? Was this something you were expecting or what was, it, what was, what was your thoughts? Uh, I, I was expecting a close game. Uh, the, the Los Angeles Rams are a very talented team. They have a bunch of uh, high caliber players. They have a bunch of Pro Bowl players, but they are also mistake driven. They are also mistake prone. And because of their their opportunistic mistakes that they make as a team, I felt that the Cincinnati Bengals had a chance to stay in this game and possibly capitalize of, off of victory based on the mistakes the Rams have potential to make. So because of those things, I felt that it would be a close game and, and it was actually a close game. And it was it, the Rams almost blew the game, right? They came out, 
Uh, first play after halftime, T. Higgins had that big play over Jalen Ramsey for a touchdown. Uh, was it an offensive pass interference? Possibly. Did they miss the call? Possibly. But the refs been missing calls all off season, all season long, right? Refs been blowing calls and missing calls all season long. So I can't even be surprised that they missed that one in the biggest game uh, of the entire season. But Matthew Stafford, uh, he put together one of those drives, long play drives, 15 plays. He has some no-look passes in crucial situations. He he said, you know what? I don't give a damn what's going on right now. We don't have a weapons. I don't care if you're going to double-team Cooper Cup. I'm still going to Cooper Cup anyway. And they was able to capitalize. It was it was uh, some touchy calls at the end. <laughs> touchy calls at the end. But there was some cold and calls later on. But the first one, the first one when they got to the red zone was a little touchy. I'm not sure. But the refs are being the refs. And the uh, Los Angeles Rams ultimately got the job done and, and hoisted that, that Lombardi trophy. And Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald made the play when it was time to make a play. Big time players make big-time plays in big-time moments, and that is exactly what Aaron Donald did. All right, we're going to play uh, the word game. I'm going to give you a player um, from the Rams team, and you're just going to give me a brief description of what their career is at this very moment. Like, you know, what, what how great they are, what what maybe their – I guess, status, if, if you will. You know what I mean? So, yep. um, all right, let's start off with Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey. Uh, Jalen Ramsey is, is still one of the best cornerbacks in this NFL. Uh, people will say he, you know, he was getting cooked out there uh, in certain plays with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. But let's not make no mistake. Jamar Chase and T. Higgins is one of the upper echelons receivers, type receivers in this NFL, even in their brief existence in the NFL. So Jamar, uh, uh, Jalen Ramsey is still a top echelon corner in this NFL. All right. I, I have to agree. Uh, I, if not the best, he's definitely one of them. Um, I There's not too many corners I can think of that is just so composed and so consistent. It's like, everywhere the receiver moves he's right there with him and it's like glue and i don't really know if i could think of another one it's it's quite like that so um, i'm right there with you with jalen ramsey uh mm -hmm. next up matthew stafford matthew stafford uh is solidifying himself as one of the top quarterbacks in the nfl he's finally out of detroit and i think him being buried on detroit we was missing uh, the rest of the NFL fan base was missing on on how good Matthew Stafford actually is. Is he mistake prone at times? Yes. But the things he does do, it, not a lot of quarterbacks can do in this league. So Matthew Stafford proving himself one of, to be one of the better quarterbacks in this league. Is Matthew Stafford a Hall of Famer? His numbers, his numbers are good it may suggest but again he winning matters right winning matters and the fact that not only hasn't he's been in detroit being in detroit he's hasn't had a lot of uh viewers he hasn't had the eyes set on him until now so i think if he can somehow continue to progress and and the rams can continue to make playoff pushes i think he could uh i think his name could be on the ballot when it's all said and done 
Okay, so he's not a first ballot right now, but you no. think he potentially could get in down the road? Yes, definitely. All right, fair enough. All right, Odell Beckham Jr. Odell Beckham Jr. is is a carousel right now, a turn having a turnstile of a career right now. He started high with the New York Giants. Uh, he got traded to the Cleveland Browns, and everybody thought uh, Odell was finished, right? But in actuality, it was the quarterback not being able to get him the ball. Uh, he suffered that ACL injury. He 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 worked hard. He he revamped that leg. He came back, got traded to the Rams, and his career looked like it was taking off again. And he was doing his thing in the Super Bowl, and then he got hurt, tore his ACL again, another uh, unfortunate injury to the left knee again. So he is a Super Bowl champion, but his career is in limbo. So that's why I think it's a turnstile of a career right now. And we'll see what happens with Odell Beckham Jr. But uh, being that he got that Super Bowl ring, I'm happy for him. And, and he deserves it. He worked a, he worked his ass off and he worked through a lot of adversity uh, to, to get that Super Bowl ring. Okay. And, okay, so do you think that Odell has solidified himself back in the top 10 uh, wide receivers despite his injury, let's say? It's not an ACL, right? Or, or I mean, you know, even when he comes back, has he solidified himself as a top ten wide receiver in the in the NFL? I think it's tough right now. I think it. I think it's really tough. If he didn't have that injury in the Super Bowl, I I would probably make that argument. But tearing, possibly tearing that same leg, that same ACL twice now. He's he's twenty nine, going on thirty. Uh, it's it's really tough to to put him in the top 10 when you have a lot of very good receivers and he's coming off that injury, right? We have Devontae Adams and Stephon Diggs and Tyreek Hill and Cooper Cup and Jefferson and Shamar Chase and Keenan Allen and Adam Thielen and uh, Mike Williams. The, the list can go on and on and on. So I think uh, a healthy Odell Beckham, yes. An uh, injury-riddled Odell Beckham, I'm not so sure. Okay, that's fair. All right, um... Two more. Sure. Let's go. Uh, Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup is the best wide receiver in the NFL right now. I uh, now listen. Are there more talented guys? Yes, there are more talented guys. Are there more athletic guys? Are there more speedy guys? Yes, there there are those guys that is as, as that's more athletic more speedy and more explosive than cooper cup but produ production speaks for himself right uh triple crown winner super bowl mvp i don't know how much receivers are doing that <laughs> so i cannot take away what he's actually doing on the field and that's producing at maximum levels and because of that I have him as the number one rated receiver in this NFL right now. That's fair. All right. Uh, last but not least, Aaron Donald. And Aaron Donald is playing his way, in my opinion, as the, the, the best defensive player in, in NFL history. Now, I made that, <laughs> I made that statement in Twitter, and, and I got a lot of people agreeing with me, and I got a lot of backlash from it. Uh, don't get me wrong. There are a lot of great players out, out here. A lot of historic players from Reggie White to Bruce Smith uh, to who I think right now, if I, if I had to take a second and think about it, Lawrence Taylor might be 
still number is still number one on that list, right? With Lawrence Taylor was able to do with the New York Giants winning an MVP as a linebacker and his accolades and his statistics, it's it's something to behold. But Aaron Donald has been in the league eight years. He hasn't been in the league a decade yet. He's made the Pro Bowl every year, and he's a seven-time All-Pro, and he's a three-time Defensive Player of the Year. A lot of players, Reggie White, uh, Bruce Smith, they don't have three, three Defensive Player of the Year honors, right? So what he's able to do in less than 10 years at the age of 30, where he's still in his prime and probably could play another five to seven years, uh, Aaron Donald is solidifying himself as if not the best, definitely one of the top three to five best defensive players in NFL history. See, now I'm there with you. I I really do think he is the greatest of all time. Uh, people kind of disagree with me. Um, yep. So like you said, some people agree. I just feel like there is there. I, I, look, I didn't get to see Lawrence Taylor play. All right. Um, I didn't really get to see much of Bruce Smith, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um I can't imagine that they was just doing to people what Aaron Donald do to people. Like it's in in Aaron Donald's situation, it's not like it's not like uh let's say uh a Miles Garrett or a Joey Bosa, right? Mm -hmm. Or or even a TJ Watt to a degree, right? Mm -hmm. It's not just I make a lot of plays. You know, if you leave me on a one, I'll probably beat your guy, but sometimes I'll get blocked. It's if you leave Aaron Donald one on one with any guard, any center in the NFL. You lose every time. I like there may be 1.2% of the time where Aaron Donald doesn't just right away beat a one-on-one -on -one man to man uh you know deal. Mm -hmm. But I can't imagine there was another NFL player that 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 really just dominated the football field the way that Aaron Donald does, especially from the defensive tackle position. Mm -hmm. If Aaron Donald was a defensive end it would not be fair. Like he would literally be throwing tackles into quarterbacks laps. So like, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I just, I don't know. He's, he's, he's the best defensive player of all time in my eyes uh, to, to be doing it eight years and to, well, first of all, to be doing it six years, seven years. And for how people say that, I didn't even realize two years ago, he was a six year pro. That's nuts. Like that mm -hmm. is, that's absolutely nuts. So I, I just, it's, I it's, respect in the world for Aaron Donald. It's what he's able to do in the time he's able to do it. Right. Is what's most impressive about Aaron Donald. Now, if he plays Reggie White, I was I was uh had the fortune, I was fortunate enough to watch Reggie White and to watch uh Bruce Smith. Not so much with Lawrence Taylor. I got to watch a little highlights with my dad on ESPN Classics and that things, uh that things of nature. But uh what he's able to do, Aaron Donald, in this short amount of time and surpassing a lot of greats that have been playing 15, 17 years in, in eight seasons is, is unbelievable. If the Aaron Donald plays as much seasons as a Bruce Smith or a Reggie White, he's going to blow all those numbers that they have out the water. And I think it will be less. From the defensive tackle position. It would be less of a debate. So we'll, we'll see what happens with Aaron Donald. I know he was talking about the retirement. Uh, uh, at the age of 30, if he was able to get the Super Bowl this year. So we'll see what happens with him. But he's definitely uh, a generational talent and one of the best uh, players to play the game uh, offensively or defensively. And I don't think that should even be an argument. Yeah, I agree. I was I was I was saying um, 
I was saying to somebody, I think my sister or something, I was uh, I was saying that Aaron Donald is the best defensive player that there ever was. Like he just is that boy. And I was like, he probably would be the greatest player there ever was if it wasn't for Tom Brady, you know, just the way like he's far superior than any defensive tackle ever. Like, and, and I think his gap between him and the next best defensive tackle ever is bigger than the, the gap between whatever, whoever's the best and the next best at their position. Um, so yeah, I'm right there with you, but um, let's kind of flip over to the Bengals side of things real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, now in this whole playoff run, I'm hearing all this Joey B, Joe Cool, Joe Smooth, and all this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm hearing Joe Mixon. I'm hearing T. Higgins. I'm hearing Tyler Boyd. I'm hearing Jamar Chase. I'm hearing Uzama. Mm-hmm. But the defense carried the team the entire way. The entire way the defense carried the team. And I'm looking at this offense, which I didn't really, I, don't, I didn't watch the Bengals play during the regular season you know so i'm looking at the team in the playoffs and i'm like the offense isn't that special like i mean they make big plays sometimes you know the the players are talented but the offense as a whole is not special and i'm looking at this defense and i'm watching them smother people and i'm just like yo this defense is special so do you do you think their their strong suit is their offense or defense I think um the Cincinnati Bengals honestly are are a complete team. I think they are a well-rounded team that that if you look around their defense, they don't have the guys that say, "Hey, this guy is is uh, uh they have no Aaron Donalds over there, right? But I think they do play great team defense and I do think they have some pieces. Trey Hendrickson on the defensive side of the ball as an edge rusher, 14 sacks, he does a great job getting to the quarterback. Uh the the defense that they displayed in the in the postseason was was a great one, man. They they like you said, uh they was able to keep their team in the game despite their struggles on the offensive line offensive line and the offensive side of the ball. Tennessee Titans game. Joe Burrow was sacked seven times. Usually when you're sacked seven times, you have no business winning that game, right? But the defense was able to play collective team defense and 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 keep their team in the ball game. And the offense started to make enough plays after a while to ultimately win the game. Against the Kansas City Chiefs, same thing happened. They went down 23-10 early. The defense was able to make adjustments, stifle Patrick Mahomes in that Kansas City offense. Then the Cincinnati Bengals, um, Cincinnati Bengals offense was able to kick it up a notch, pick it up into gear, and and started scoring points. And confidence and momentum led to that victory. So I think the Cincinnati Bengals, as a team, uh, and, and are, are a very good team, and collectively, as a coaching staff and a, as an organization, put together a, a really solid year. And um, congratulations to them. Hats off to them. They they're one of those teams that had no business being there, in my opinion, but they was there and luck almost fell to their side once again. Right. The Rams were supposed to win. They was favorites. And uh oh, OBJ goes down. And now we're like, oh, shit, the Rams is about to get away with this shit again and possibly hoist this Lombardi trophy. But uh, thanks to the heroics of Matthew Stafford. Uh, that wasn't so, but the Cleveland, uh, excuse me, the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, uh, a well-groomed team, well-groomed, uh, complete team. Yeah. Um, 
Okay. All right. I, I get that. I got you. Um, you don't seem too impressed with Cincy. <laughs> man, I don't know, man. I just, you said it yourself. You know, you, you get sacked. What was it? Nine, seven, seven, nine times, something like yep. that. Yep. Man, that's crazy. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. And that defense just feels like it just saved them time over time again. Like, I don't know, man. Like you, you, you supposed to have a shootout with Cincy. They got ran off the field in the first. I'm sorry, a shootout with um KC. They got mm-hmm. ran off the field in the first half. Mm-hmm. Offense wasn't doing nothing. No offense was actually putting the defense in horrible positions. Right. You know, and and the defense was kind of folding in the first half a little bit. I, I I say it, you know. But then it got to a point in the second half where the defense was just going crazy. It was stifling. And they were putting the offense in better positions. The offense didn't even take advantage of it as 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 often as they should have probably, um, because they they might have been able to win that game in regulation if they didn't make a few key mistakes on offense. Mm-hmm. But you know the defense holding the Chiefs team to three points, three points in the second half and overtime—that's mm-hmm. unheard of. Who else has done that? You know, um, even to hold this Rams team to what twenty-three points, like. I'm not that impressed with the Rams either, to be honest with you, bro. You got all those superstars, all of those superstars, and and you could barely beat the Bengals. Like they 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 haven't they have a premium of of superstar talent over anybody in the league, and they've been barely beating teams. Now, of course, a win is a win, a loss is a loss. I get it, but they barely beat everybody on their way to a chip. So I mean, if I guess if you get it done, you get it done. But mm-hmm. now, what are you gonna do when you can't? Well, Odell Beckham is gonna be out for probably like a year, so he may miss the entire next season or at least most of it. Um, what do you do when you when when Aaron Donald is is retired and Von Miller is gone because you can't afford him? Uh, you know, Cooper Cup, Matt Stafford got to be paid, and you you losing a whole bunch of pieces because mm-hmm. you can't afford everybody. You know, you see what happened after they lost Odell Beckham Jr. They almost fought it on offense. They mm-hmm. couldn't get nothing going. Um, so, I mean, I, I'll bring it back to the Bengals. But I'm not that impressed with either team, to be honest. I just I feel like this was a weak year. And a lot of teams really that you didn't expect really folded under pressure. Like the Bills defense got the number one defense in the NFL folded under pressure. Uh, four-time MVP Aaron Rodgers going to playoffs folds under pressure. Uh, however many time, you know, Super Bowl champion, uh, MVP, Super Bowl MVP Patrick Mahomes goes to the AFC championship in his stadium where he, you know, he's hosting the AFC championship and didn't even win the one seed. So now you got lucky and get to host the championship and you you fold in the second half, you know, uh, Tom Brady, I mean, I don't know more. I don't more so put the folding on him, but the the Bucks team they they most certainly folded. Um, it, it, the the Chargers folded. It, I don't know, man. It's just there's a lot of a lot of very underwhelming um, performances from from people, teams, entities you thought would be better. Um, and but- and I, I want to make I want to make this point before before we move on because I, I think that I think that um you made excellent points and. Every team in the NFL have strengths and have weaknesses, right? And this is where I think the Cincinnati Bengals was able to capitalize on being good and lucky at the same time. Uh, they play this. They play the Tennessee Titans. Uh, their weakness is Ryan Tannehill, right? They want to be able to run the ball efficiently and work their, their work off play action. And 
if Ryan Tannehill is not playing his A game, it could be a weakness for the Tennessee Titans. What happened with the Tennessee Titans? Uh, Ryan Tannehill threw a couple of picks. The Cincinnati Bengals was able to take advantage of that, right? Uh, credit the Cincinnati Bengals definitely being, uh, in my opinion, lucky and good at the same time. Patrick Mahomes was having them same deficiencies that came up in that divisional game against the Bengals is the same deficiencies that came up during the regular season that they was trying to get over. And it came up again in the playoffs, right? So uh, that uh, their deficiencies of the Kansas City Chiefs reared its ugly head, and the Cincinnati Bengals was was able to to capitalize on that. And again, with the Rams making a bunch of mistakes, they're prone to making mistakes, and that almost reared its ugly head to uh, to favor the Cincinnati Bengals again. So I think. Uh, I think you do have some point to it. I think the Cincinnati Bengals are a good team, but they was able to capitalize on a lot of teams' deficiencies that they had throughout the course of their seasons. I think that's a good point. They were definitely opportunistic, um, and they 100% uh, took advantage of the opportunities that were afforded to them. Um, all right, so now that the season is over, hmm? we, we we got a lot of a lot of hype around a lot of people, right? Um, Joe Burrow hasn't, I mean, Joe Burrow has gotten hype. And although I wasn't necessarily impressed with him, um, he made it to Super Bowl. Uh, mm-hmm. Justin Herbert gets a lot of hype. He hasn't made the playoffs yet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Lamar gets a lot of hype. Josh hype, uh, Pat hype, right? Okay, so uh, I need the top five quarterbacks in the AFC. I need your uh, order, your your list in order. Uh, top five quarterbacks in the AFC. Yes, sir. Uh, and I, I made a tweet about this. I hope I can remember. Top five. Number one is Josh Allen. <laughs> you know, Josh Allen, in my opinion, is the number one quarterback in in the AFC uh, in the AFC conference. What he's able to do with his feet and with his legs, uh, I think it's 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 something that is that is generational. And I think that uh, him playing the way he played in the playoffs is something that uh, can't be ignored. Did the team lose? Yes, the team. Lo- yes, the team lost. Was it to the fault of Josh Allen? It had nothing to do with the fault of Josh Allen. Even against the Kansas City Chiefs, as great as Patrick Mahomes was in that particular game, Josh Allen was better. <laughs> so, uh, Josh Allen. Uh, as long as he can keep that consistency. Now this is what we want from him next season. We want Josh Allen to be consistent throughout the throughout the course of the entire season. And I think that is coming this season. So Josh Allen is my number one quarterback in the AFC. Number two is Patrick Mahomes. I don't think we can, I don't, you know, I really don't think we can, we can deny Patrick Mahomes and his talent, what his accolades are and what he's able to do. Uh, number three, uh, Number three is is Joe Burrow. I have to I have to put Joe Burrow three because is he is he more talented than the next guy on my list? I'm not sure if he's more talented, but I have to I can't ignore his accomplishments and I can't ignore him having a a, a garbage offensive line and still even though he has help from his defense and the rest of his team, he still finds ways to put points on the board and make things happen. And he got that Cincinnati team to the Super Bowl. So Joe Burrow is my number three quarterback. My number four quarterback is Justin Herbert, who probably should be number three, but 
for whatever reason, he's been great since he's entered the league and he still can't get over the hump of making the playoffs. And I think the, the, the Chargers had playoff teams in both years surrounding surrounding Justin Herbert. So I, I'm not sure what's going on there, but I think that being, being that the fact that the Chargers haven't made the playoffs, I think that hurts him a little bit. And that's why I have him uh, fourth as opposed to third. Uh, and number five, Ooh, number five is a tough one. Um, I think I'm gonna have to go. I think I gotta go. Patch, uh, Lamar Jackson here. I think Lamar Jackson is is. Who, who who are you battling with him between? So the battle right now, I I think that Derek Carr gets overlooked a lot. Mm-hmm. I think Derek Carr, you know, completion percentage wise. He's been in multiple systems and he's he's played well. Uh, he's bounced back from that broken leg that he suffered a couple of years ago, and uh, I think Derek Carr is a is a quarterback that that should be talked about a little bit more, but but he's not, right? And um, I want to put him five, but I, I I can't ignore the the talents and accolades of Lamar Jackson at the same time. I understand that he had his injury. I understand that they had. 18, 19, 20 players on injured reserve, so he could be forgotten about because of those things. But I have Lamar Jackson as my fifth quarterback in the AFC right now. So Josh Allen, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, and Lamar Jackson. See, I have minds kind of different. Uh, well, it's it's pretty much the same. I just I just flipped three and five. Um, I, I got uh, Josh, Pat. I got Lamar at three. Okay. Not mad at um, I got Justin Herbert at four, and I got Joe Burrow at five. I okay. think uh and this is this for me. This is like uh how I how I judge players is basically like if all things were even, who do I think would, would lead the team to more success, right? So I think Josh Allen would give me my highest opportunity of success of any mm-hmm. quarterback in the league. And mm-hmm obviously first in the AFC then Patrick Mahomes if there's another planet Josh Allen is on Patrick Mahomes is also on that planet mm-hmm. I just think Josh Allen's a little bit better mm-hmm. um Lamar Jackson I think his skill set is so devastating that if again all things equal I think he probably gives me a premium to win over Justin Herbert what Justin Herbert does because although Justin Herbert is pretty good I think that People say Josh Allen is inconsistent, but I think that Justin Herbert is what they think Josh Allen is, right? I, I think mm. he is super inconsistent, um, which is which is fine. You know, he's only been in the league two years, um, so uh, he'll definitely have opportunity to grow. Um, and then Joe Burrow. I think Joe Burrow is good. I, I just don't think he gives me as much as an opportunity to win as the other four do. Um, and honestly – Again, I, I might be kind of on the fence between him and Derek Carr for that fifth spot. Um, mm-hmm. So Derek, Derek, yeah, that's that's kind of like you know uh, neck and neck right there for me. Um, but so mm-hmm. Nathaniel Hackett has just been named the Green Bay Packers head coach, and he is lobbying for Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. So. Aaron Rodgers is now on the Denver Broncos. 
he's obviously going to slam somebody. Who whose spot does he take over on that list? And whose spot does Aaron Rodgers take over on that list? Oh, yeah. oh. Well, if Aaron Rodgers comes to the AFC, you know it's you know it's an, an entirely different different ball game. Now, I, I would have to based on based on the list. I have to put Lamar Jackson six, six based on just just simply based on my list because he's the fifth guy. If you want to move Aaron Rodgers there, I have to move somebody down, right? right? right. So just based off that, I would put uh, I would put Aaron Rodgers in, in the top five and 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 have Lamar Jackson six. No, I mean, yeah, I, I got that. I, I mean, I don't know who wouldn't put Aaron Rodgers in the top five, but right, right, right. <laughs> what right. spot would you put him in? He's taking over somebody's spot. We, you know, you you said he was going to bump out Lamar. So, so here's so here's my thing. How I view how I view my ratings, my top five ratings is I be, I I combined what's happening now. You know what I mean? Because I I, I have to I go I got to go by the now. I combine what's happening now, the production, and the talent. So if I'm just basing things off pure talent then my my ratings would probably a little be a little different but if i'm going based off the talent and the production on the field i would have to put aaron Rodgers number one he is the mvp of the nfl you know i don't think i don't think cooper cup is the most talented receiver in the nfl but i can't deny him of that number one spot because of the production he's 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 uh he's displaying on the football field and i would have to give that same noise to uh, uh aaron Rodgers. he is the nfl mvp and because of that i would probably catapult him as the number one quarterback in that division now things 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 may be different based on based on the season he has i'm not sure what type of schedules the green bay packers been playing over the course of the years he's been playing a lot of chicago bears and and Detroit. No, I don't. I don't know, man. You 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 get uh Jerry Judy and uh who, what's the what's the other wide receiver over there? That, you got uh, Jerry Jerry Judy, KJ Sutton, Courtland oh Sutton. God. Oh my KJ, god! KJ Hamler, Noah Fan, Hamler and Fan. Oh my god! And they got Javante Williams, bro. You give that to Aaron Rodgers now. It, nothing's changing, Tim, bro. Tim, Tim Patrick, Tim Patrick. They got, they got, they got weapons over there. It's yeah. loaded over there. So, so, so nothing's changing. He's he's still going to be dominant. I don't, I don't think anybody's mad at you know mad at you for for putting him in that number one spot. I think he's earned it. He's Aaron freaking mm -hmm. Rodgers. Let's be mm -hmm. honest. Like mm -hmm. he's maybe the second greatest regular season quarterback of all time behind Peyton Manning. Right now, now I'm um, glad you said that. Is that is, now is is that a reason not to put Aaron Rodgers at the number one spot because? He is the greatest regular season player that we've seen in some time, but the playoffs, playoffs, it's 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 a little bit different with Aaron Rodgers. So, can we look at playoffs in terms of regular season and playoffs and say, you know what, he's dominant in the regular season, but he is not as dominant in the playoffs, and because of that, uh, he probably shouldn't be number one. Can that can an argument be made for that, or is he just that number one guy regardless? Well, if you because I, I would probably be the same with you in terms of if um, if Aaron Rodgers is now in the AFC, he is at the top and he's obviously knocking off Joe Burrow for me or, you know, Derek Carr, whoever. Mm -hmm. um, 
So if, if, you know, if we're going based off of regular season, then yes, he'd be a number one. But if we're going based off of, if you're adding postseason to the mix and, and you're saying who gives me the best opportunity to win a Super Bowl, well, then I think he has to drop to number three because Josh and Pat Mahomes are the two highest rated quarterbacks of all time in postseason history. Mm-hmm. So he, he's, I don't, I highly doubt he's anywhere near the top. He, I, I feel like he has to go to, to number three, um, okay. you know, for my list, you know. Gotcha. Gotcha. Nice. So, so we would have Pat Mahomes is your number three, Aaron Rodgers is your number one, and Justin Herbert is your number four. Mm-hmm. So we got three of the top four quarterbacks in the AFC are all going to be in one division. Mm-hmm. We we just mentioned, you know, what Aaron Rodgers will be walking into, and might I add, not a terrible defense to work with either. Mm-hmm. They're not great anymore, but they're not terrible either. Mm-hmm. Um the Chiefs, you know, the, the Chiefs are obviously the Chiefs. And, you know, despite them losing the Super Bowl badly, despite them choking in the AFC championship game, they are still the Chiefs. And they have there are threats to win a championship every single year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also you have the up and comer, j- up and comer, Joe Burrow. I'm sorry, Justin Herbert. Mm-hmm. And people feel like he's next up. Well, he is a hell of a opportunity to prove it, because if he could be next up, and beat out Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers potentially, then I mean, then yeah, I'll give him his flowers. But who do you think has the edge out of those three teams um, in the AFC West for next season? Uh, between Denver, Kansas City, and uh, the Chargers? Yeah. And hey, throwing the Raiders too. You know, and, I mean, and, we, we both knew Derek Carr was in our top five potentially. So yeah, him and, too. And, and this is based on if Aaron Rodgers goes to Denver? Yes. Oh man, that that's that's first of all, that's one hell of a division to be in. Yo, that's <laughs> that's probably the greatest quarterback division of all time. Yeah, that that would be one hell of a division to be in, and I I would automatically and there's no disrespect to Derek Carr, but I would automatically cancel my cancel him out. I will automatically cancel him and the Raiders out because even though the, he has a better team than Chargers, I they beat I just, the Chargers to go to they, the playoffs. Yeah, I, I and you can't deny that. You can't deny that. I just think a new season, I think the Chargers are going to patch up some things, and I think they're going to be better than the Raiders this season. Okay. Um, obviously, I could be wrong, but we're definitely going to see. Uh, now, I would still give the edge to the Kansas City Chiefs. The reason why I would still give the edge to the Kansas City Chiefs is, as great as Aaron Rodgers is, I, would, I, I want to see it still. I, I want to see everything come to fruition. I want to see... Aaron Rodgers come over and utilize those those weapons, even though I think he can and I think he will. But it's something that I want to see. Nathaniel Hackett is a new is a new coach. Right. Is he going to make the correct in-game adjustments? Is he going to come up with the right game plans? You know, uh, I've seen in the comments that a, a lot of people are high on Justin Herbert. And what do they say? They say that the coaching staff. Is, is could be possibly holding that team back. And if you could say that about the Chargers, we have to see Nathaniel Hackett in and what he can do as well. Because I, me personally, I'm not high on Nathaniel Hackett as a head coach. He's going to have to show me. So based on those things, I would still give the edge uh, to the Kansas City Chiefs. But, damn, that Denver Bronco team on paper, man, on paper would definitely be knocking at the door. That is one crazy division um i kind of hope it happens because I, I want them to just knock each other off like y'all figure that out uh pat mahomes it ain't just gonna be a walk in the park for you no more 
Um, you got to see Aaron Rodgers twice. You got to see Justin Herbert twice. You got to see that Raiders defense twice um, and Derek Carr. Um, so I, I kind of hope it happened. You know, I, mm. I don't mind having a little extra competition, if you will, because uh, obviously there would be another quarterback who we would have to see in the playoffs as well. But, I mean, you're going to have to see a super great quarterback any way you slice it. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'd rather those guys knock each other off and expose each other's weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Um, but what do you think, in in your opinion, the Buffalo Bills need to do this offseason to be in a position where they are going up against the Aaron Rodgers, uh, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert in next year's AFC Championship game for a potential Super Bowl title? What do they need to have differently? And, you know, what do you want to see? With with the Buffalo Bills, in, in my opinion, is it it sounds simple, but obviously it's not as simple because I think if it was that simple, the Buffalo Bills would have did it last year. Um, my theme for the offseason, and I'm going to be banging the table for this theme until it actually gets done. Fast, physical, athletic, fast, physical, athletic on both sides of the ball. The Buffalo Bills have to get players that are fast physical and athletic above average athletes to go with the core they already have they need to i'm not saying that they need to do a rams house and 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 ship all their draft picks and 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 mortgage their future to get something now but what i'm saying is they need to get uh above average athletes so the opposition can think about the players that they're going up against the night before i don't think Defensive coordinators are are losing sleep at night because they have to see uh, 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 Ed Oliver or Jerry Hughes, right? I think that the Buffalo Bills have to acquire players that the opposition would be scared of. Like, listen, when when the, when when the quarterbacks is coming up on the line of scrimmage, point this point that number out. They want to know where this particular guy is on every play because this guy, if he doesn't, if we don't point him out. He can be a wrecking ball. He can dominate the game. And I don't think the Buffalo Bills have that. Uh, offensively, I think the Buffalo Bills need to add some type of speed uh, speed to go along with, with Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs is, in my opinion, uh, a top three to five receiver in this NFL. Uh, I think the Buffalo Bills have a lot of depth pieces, right? They don't have uh, the Rams issue. The Rams, one of their stars go down, and now all of a sudden their offensive weapons look bleak. Right, because they're so top heavy. I don't think the Buffalo Bills have that problem. They have depth along their along their roster, but I think they need to add more speed and more ex- explosiveness to to put some fear in the opposing defenses. So, uh, as a whole, I think the Buffalo Bills just need to add fast, physical, and athletic players to to go with their core. And I think if they do that, I think uh, the Buffalo Bills will be right there in the hunt once again. So one thing I always say is Leslie Frazier is uh, is a really good coach because he will put his defenders in the in the spot they need to be in uh, for them to best succeed. Right. This is the spot you need to be in for for the highest potential for something good for us to happen. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you're a good player, you can go out there, you can execute, you know, and, and make it happen. If you're a great player, you can make great plays. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you, you know, he, he makes probably average players look really good, you know, 
And so I was always thinking, like, yo, so what if we had some good players so you make them look great? What if we had mm-hmm. great players? They'll make them Hall of Famers, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And but you kind of you, you you said something about the um the Rams that kind of so you you mentioned how we're really really deep on our on our roster right we mm-hmm. have depth everywhere it's, it's mm-hmm. really a beautiful roster if you take mm-hmm. a step back and look at it right mm-hmm. would you sacrifice that depth for a really good players you know really good players all over the place and um you know be a little more top heavy than we are not necessarily like the rams you know where you got superstars everywhere and then guys off the street everywhere else but more so kind of up the scale from you know backups that are high level um to players that are like mid-level maybe get players that are high level and backups that are little mid to low level uh and 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 that's and you know that's that's the thing that's the thing about it right because we don't know what the hell the nfl will hold for each team each and every season the buffalo bills ever since Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean came to uh, Orchard Park or Highmark Stadium, they've dealt, they've been a, a great job avoiding big injuries, right? They don't have those injury plague years like the Pittsburgh Steelers or the Baltimore Ravens or the New York Jets had in the past, in the past, right? But next season presents another season and we don't know what may happen. So do we want to sacrifice that? that that depth and all of a sudden when we do sacrifice that depth we are riddled with injuries right so it that's that's something that i think the 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 bills organization is is really going to have to pay attention to and i think i would i would break it i would break things down in into sections right now i'm i'm thinking like this okay uh the buffalo bills i i i wouldn't deny going to get defensive linemen and getting edge rushers of the of, of that kind but the Buffalo Bills at the same time, they've done that in the past. They've got four or five defensive linemen in the last couple of years and kind of ignored the cornerback position. So let's go out now and, and feed the, the, the secondary. Let's go out and get some depth in the secondary. Let's go out and get some above average athletes that can run and can play in the secondary to help to help along that defensive line because I think they go hand in hand right i think it's a trickle effect if you're not getting to the passer you better have corners that can be able to hold up and stay with their man and vice versa so i just think the buffalo bills got to do a better job at playing tetris and and matching uh what they feel is necessary this offseason and i think this offseason being that trey white is hurt or being that levi wallace is is a free agent i think now it's time to prioritize the cornerback position and, and getting specific type of cornerbacks again that can that can play physical that can run and that can actually play uh i think uh you can use some speed at the receiver position will cole beasley be back he's on he's on the team right but there's been some talks and some rumblings that he should be released isaiah mckenzie's a free agent our speedy guy will he come back right so i think the buffalo bills can add some speed on offense at receiver uh, I think the Buffalo Bills obviously can can use some offensive line help. Uh, I, I think that uh, a, a number two tight end can help go a long way with the progression of the offense as well. That would be another weapon. That will be another threat. So there are things that the Buffalo Bills can do that they haven't done in the past that could possibly help propel this team and take them to the next level. Okay. Um, 
I so I, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know because it's 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 tough, right? Defensive end, you I want a dominant defensive end, right? But we just got AJ Epinesa, mm-hmm. we just got Boogie Basham, we just mm-hmm. got Greg Russo, right? Mm-hmm. So let's say Brandon Bean did two splash signings this offseason, right? Mm-hmm. He signs a superstar, and then he also maybe packages some picks, goes up into the top 10. And, and grabs a a player superstar top 10 pick cornerback defensive end which one are you allocating that to oh uh, am i are you talking about this are you talking about the superstar or are you talking about the top 10 pick cornerback and defensive end now we got a superstar player that was signed and we got a okay. top 10 draft pick okay in cornerback and defensive end were uh, the, the positions which okay. one are you allocating it to Okay, uh, my superstar guy, uh, I would go and get in free agency, right? I, I would go and I, I would try to get a superstar. What, which position would you get the superstar for, and which position would you draft the top ten for? I would, I would get the superstar for the edge rusher. The edge rusher would be my superstar. I want Chandler Jones. Let's put a name behind these superstar players, right? Let's put some names behind it. Right. Let's get put some specifics. I would want a Chandler Jones. Why? Because I'm not sure if the Buffalo Bills can develop defensive linemen. <laughs> you know, I I know that Ed Oliver the day Ed Oliver's coming along. I'll, I'll give Ed he was Oliver a top that. 10 pick. He was yeah, a top he was 10 he was the top ten pick. Ed Oliver's coming along, but other than that, I'm not I'm not sure. Gregory Russo, I think is going to be. I I like Gregory Russo. I think he, as as long as he continues to develop and progress, I think he'll be he, fine. He also should have been a top ten pick. So let's just if, put that out there. Well, right, right. Uh, and, and not only, but Harrison Phillips is probably the only one uh, out of the rest that are like, well, the Bills developed. Well, Jerry Hughes, but that was old, old, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. regime. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, Harrison Phillips is really the only one that blossomed out of the non you know, freak athletes, you know, mm-hmm. i.e. I. Ed Oliver and Greg Rousseau. So, uh, yeah. It, I, you know. I, have, I have my concerns in terms of them drafting defensive linemen, and I have my concerns in, in terms of them signing these 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 second-tier defensive linemen, right? Second-tier Ter- Trent Murphy didn't work out. Second-tier Mario Addison, eh. Second-tier Vernon Butler didn't work out. Second tier Quentin Jefferson didn't work out, <laughs> you know. So now I'm, I'm tired of all this second tier shit, and hopefully they can progress into this first tier. I don't. No, no, no. Let's go out. Let's get this obvious superstar in a Chandler Jones because I know what he can do. We all know he what, what he can do. So that's what I'm all game for. I know the Buffalo Bills can develop secondary guys. Uh, uh, uh Levi Wallace is an overachiever. You know. You know, undrafted guy. Uh, starting for uh, a Super Bowl contending team. EJ Gaines was an overachiever. Uh, uh, Dane Jackson is an overachiever. So the Buffalo Bills have proven that they can... Teron Johnson's a fourth-round pick. The Buffalo Bills have proven that they can can develop those type of guys. Well, you know what? Now go get a guy that can obviously propel that secondary. So go ahead and get me Chandler Jones, the obvious, based on... Uh, the organizational, how how they how they move and structure their team organizationally. Uh, go get me a Chandler Jones because you struggled, AJ Epinesa. I don't know about that guy. 
You know, he is a poor athlete. I don't know if a poor athlete like AJ Epinesa is going to result into a, a high level, high caliber defensive end. I just got to call a spade a spade. So let me go and get this obvious superstar at my edge rushing position. And now in the draft, going let's let's go get that. Let's go get a a, a Stingley Jr. from LSU. Let's go get one of those top cornerbacks. And that's how I would blend uh, the corner, uh, the superstar, and the high draft pick. Go get me Chandler Jones, and then go get me the best cornerback in the draft if you want to go move up and do so. I think. I think that works perfectly because you, you hit the nail on the head when, you know, when you spoke about the development of the defensive, the defensive backs um, and just how they've gotten everybody to come along, you know, uh, Jordan Poyer played for the, what the Browns, nobody ever heard of Jordan Poyer before he came to Buffalo. Micah Seventh Hyde, round pick. Yeah. Micah Hyde was, was fifth well, round pick. He was, he was okay. Like he was well known. He wasn't no superstar or nothing like that. Came to Buffalo and they've been the best safety tandem for a few for years, you know, about half a decade now, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, Tredavious White, obviously, another first round pick, but now has blossomed into the one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. You mentioned Levi Wallace, Dane Jackson, Ron Johnson, um EJ Gaines. EJ Gaines, absolutely. Um mm -hmm. and I I think that drafting a guy would be a no-brainer. Go up and get somebody who's ultra talented who you know is going to be able to play the position and play a position at a high level. And then you give me the mentorship of a, of a Leslie Frazier, you know, and, and, you know, letting him know what to do and where to be at all times. And I think it's a perfect, it's a match made in heaven. And I also like the Chandler Jones signing. And I'll tell you, it's because um, mm -hmm. Chandler Jones signing, A, Chandler Jones is, is older. Right. He's not looking for no long term contract. He's trying to go win a championship somewhere. Mm -hmm. Maybe might take a little bit of a pay cut because he wants to win a championship. Right. Not only that, but now you have a certified veteran stud in this league coming in, teaching your Greg Rousseau's, your Boogie Basham's, your AJ Epinesa's and showing them how to be, you know, a, a dominant pass rusher. Um, and, and I think that. Greg Rousseau, at the very least, has the ability, the physical traits to do it. Um, we we just got to hope he turns Doesn't. more into – I think so. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think we're hoping for him to become more of a Micah Parsons than like a Tremaine Edmonds, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think that uh, both of those are I, – I, I like. I was going to say the same exact allocation. I wasn't going to give an exact uh, player like in terms of Chandler Jones, but – um, mm -hmm. I, I like that. Um, but did you you have any cornerbacks? Did you uh like from yeah. Crazy? I, uh, yeah, I, I had to get this up because I think I think this is an excellent question from T, our sister BIB. Um, uh, my my favorite cornerback, and I've been I've been kind of banging this on the table, and and we're not even near free agency yet. But Buffalo Bills, Shadavius White is hurt. We don't know. Uh, we don't know when he's coming back. The hope is he'll be back at some point in the beginning of the season. But ACL injuries, we don't know if we're going to get the same Tredavis right that first year, right? I think historically, players play better their second year coming off a major injury as opposed to their first. Um, I think him being back would be, would be a help, but we need more help uh, just in case he's not ready to start the season. So I definitely think the Buffalo Bills should double dip in terms of free agency and the NFL draft. Go get a corner in the draft. Go get a corner in the first or second round, high priority, and then go and get a, a very good free agent cornerback. And that guy, in my opinion, is Dante Jackson from, from the Carolina Panthers. 
is he a superstar? No, he's not a superstar, but I think he is uh, a good corner that can that can excel in this scheme. And yes, he's a former Carolina Panther, and it's the Carolina Panther Buffalo Bill connection. But I'm strictly going based on his talent and his athletic ability. Dante Jackson is a willing tackler. Dante Jackson runs a a sub 4440 and I think that type of athletic ability is now what the Buffalo Bills need to go with the rest of their career. Yeah. I I don't think the Bills need a, a superstar in the secondary no. right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so um I am concerned about you know I don't know about DeMar Hamlin and you know uh as far as them grooming the next you know safety tandem um I do think they need to go ahead and address that uh you know both a free and a strong safety um you know i we'll see what happens you know with demar hamlin and 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 those boys but i think they should start addressing that as well because as good Mm -hmm. as jordan poyer and michael hyde are they are getting up there in age yeah so you know i think that should be it but um yes i like um did you uh have any anything else you wanted to you know talk about uh boy uh, what you think about the defensive tackle position? Because I've been seeing a lot of a lot of mock drafts. You know, everybody's excited for the offseason and excited to improve the Buffalo Bills any way they could. Uh, do you think the Bills have a, a high priority need at the defensive tackle position? We know Harrison Phillips is a free agent, and, and I think is I think we all could be in agreement that he should be re-signed to at least, right? But do the Bills, should the Bills address and go after another defensive lineman yet again uh, early on in, in this draft or even in, in free agency? Uh, yes, they, they need to address it somewhere. Uh, mm-hmm. That's for sure. Um, as far as is defensive tackle high priority, I wouldn't say it's high priority. I agree. You know, you go ahead and you resign. uh you know, Harrison Phillips, I think um, him and Ed Oliver are really good. I think a lot of their run problems are are gap issues and just tackling issues. I don't think it's necessarily defensive lineman issues or I'm sorry, defensive tackle issues. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think if they tackle better, then, you know, they'd be fine. But um, I, I think they, they like Zimmer. Uh, I mean, Zimmer could be a good guy for depth. Uh, and I, I really like Phillips and, and Oliver. So, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to bringing in another guy, but I wouldn't be like, I, I mean, if you could say if the Jordan Davis was, was possible for reasonable, you know, uh, uh, you know, compensation. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I'll tell you. Um, mm-hmm. but I'm not like, we need, Jordan, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's nothing like that. Um, mm-hmm. I think we have a superstar in the making and a really solid player. Um, at, at that position and then the rest you know will, will, will can be filled out with you know maybe a, a young guy with potential um or, or even a, a veteran who you know still has some some years left like maybe you know like a 26 27 year old who you know play at a high level and can come in and, and do a good job for us um but i don't i don't think it's of high priority i wouldn't say i would say that the defensive mm-hmm. end it's not even necessarily like we need a defensive end. We just need, mm-hmm. whether it's a defensive end, whether it's a linebacker, whether it's a defensive tackle, whatever. We just need somebody who can, like, just cause havoc. Impact just, the game. Yeah, just, like, just 
that, that puts fear into the heart of whoever is standing across from him, whether mm-hmm. it's a linebacker, defensive end, or whatever. We just need a guy who is just going to run through people, who is all over the field. We, if if Teron Johnson was like bigger and stronger, he would be that guy for us. But unfortunately, you know, he's not. <laughs> but he does fly across the field, making plays all over the place. Um, but man, I, 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 whether it's like I said, whether it's a linebacker or defensive end, I think we need a guy. It doesn't even really matter where they come from as long as they can impact the game. Um, mm-hmm. You know, on a consistent I like it. basis. Yeah. I like it. And me personally, uh, I feel the same way. Go get even even if we have, you know, a starter in place at a particular position, if we have another guy that's on the board, Brandon Bean always talks about best player available. If if uh, a, a Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame, the safety, the big six, four safety is available somehow, if they wanted to move up and get him, I wouldn't be opposed. Right. Because he's a guy that can possibly impact the game and and come immediately in and, and play right away for the Buffalo Bills. Um, I love, love, love Jordan Davis. I just think he's a mountain of a man at 340 pounds and putting him at the one tech next to Ed Oliver at the three, I think can be something special you know so certain guys uh, if they are available i would love to have but overall I, do i think is a is a high priority um you know we'll see we'll see what happens but i have i have one more one more for you and then if you don't have anything else we could get out of here but I, i'm interested to know your take because it is it, it may be an unpopular opinion what i'm about to say people may not like it <laughs> but I, I, I want to get your assessment on it. On the offensive side of the ball, it's obvious that Stefan Diggs is our number one receiver. I think Gabriel Davis has earned the right to, to be or to be looked at as the Buffalo Bills number two receiver. So I'm not going to bring in no Emmanuel Sanders kind of deal going on. I'm not, I'm not spending no money on no outside receiver because I think Gabriel Davis should should claim that spot this year but cole beasley at the slot position i think the buffalo bills is i think it's time to move on <laughs> i i you know, this and, and there's no disrespect to cole beasley again i i love cole beasley i'm in love with the buffalo bills and being that that i'm in love with the buffalo bills i'm thinking of the best ways possible to improve the team. And in my opinion, I think uh, Cole Beasley with the money, obviously I think the money plays a factor combined with, I think Cole Beasley still have some, a lot left in the tank, but I do think he's on a decline. So with the money that we're able to save, and I do think he's on a slight decline, I think the Buffalo Bills could, I wouldn't use upgrade at the position, but I think the Buffalo Bills can do can do better in terms of adding a more athletic dimension to that position, that slot position, making making the offense more of a threat. I think Dawson Knox is now the security blanket that Cole Beasley once was for Josh Allen when he first arrived to Buffalo. So I want to get your thoughts on, on, on Cole Beasley. Do you think he should still remain on the Buffalo Bills team, or do you feel that it, it's time to possibly look in uh, another direction because in my opinion, I think as much as I love Cole Beasley, I'm in love with the Buffalo Bills and it's time to move on to another direction and get that, 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 uh, a scarier dimension for that offense. 
You know what? I think Cole Beasley is still good. Okay. I think um, a lot of his ineffectiveness at times came from injury or the fact that the offensive line was just absolutely disgusting. Um, However, my man Lone Wolf said, you might be able to get Pringle and Berrios with Cole Mm -hmm. Beasley savings. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're asking me if I want Cole Beasley or Pringle and Berrios, that's that's a kind of a no-brainer. You know, mm. I'm going Pringle and Berrios just because of that speed. That speed is absolutely ridiculous. They would uh they would just be they would completely shift the the way this team, the way this offense operates. Um and I, I don't see any reason why we wouldn't go there. Pringle, that boy is fast. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, you know, I would like to see us keep McKenzie as well. But even if you can't, if you bring in Pringle and Barrios, it kind of mm-hmm. it doesn't even matter anymore at that point. Um, <laughs> Ryan, uh, he's supposed to be on the show today. Uh, he's, saying, uh, he's here for the Pringle talk, but um. I'm with bringing in Barrios. I'm with bringing in Pringle. Um, you know, I, I I I like Beasley. I really do, man. I think that he taught Josh too. how to be a quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think that he was a major influence on Josh in, in his whole development. And I appreciate everything he's done. Just, you know, not even for Josh, but just for us as, as, as Buffalo Bills fans. Um, he has been so clutch in, in so many moments. He has been so consistent. He has been just the definition of stability up until last year, obviously. Um, but uh, yeah, man, Braxton Berrios and, and, and Pringle, mm. to, they just bring an entire new dynamic to the offense, man. It's, it's just speed everywhere. Now you can't double team Stefan Diggs at all, or you're mm. a fool because mm. now not only is Gabe Davis running open somewhere because you have to look out for the speed of Pringle and uh, Berrios. Oh my goodness, man. And Dawson, not, oh my, God, that would be crazy. Oh, yeah. but he he also says I would like to see my my best case scenario will probably be Pringle and James Washington. Washington, mm-hmm. yeah, I like it. I absolutely, like it absolutely. Um, but before we go, it was uh, Seth. Seth had a question. I, I was, I was, I'm glad. I'm glad you brought that up because I was going. I was going to do the same thing. <laughs> I was yep. going to bring up this exact same question, man. Great minds think alike. Absolutely. So, um, my man Seth says, do you do you think uh, it's more about scheme or lack of talent behind our D lines, lack of dominance? So, uh, let's go ahead and get your thoughts on that, A. Rich. I think it's both. I think I think it's I think it's a combination of both. I'm, you know. I, I like Leslie Frazier a lot. You know, I think that um, he's come into the Buffalo Bills and he's proven that he he can put a defense together, right? Especially on that back end and the secondary with with the talent that we have or the lack thereof. He's he's made the Buffalo Bills secondary appear a lot better than it actually is, and I'm not sure if another defensive coordinator can do what he's doing. With the Buffalo Bills back in, but that defensive line, I I I just think that, uh, I I think he has something to do with that as well, man. I think his scheme, and and his philosophy is is uh, a potential problem in in the run game, 
right? In the run game, the run scheme, the run fits. I don't see I don't see too much adjustments made in terms of stopping that. So I, I do think it is a combination of Leslie Frazier and his scheme and and the players that that the Buffalo Bills have as well. You know, uh, Mario Addison is past his prime. Jerry Hughes is still getting to the pass rusher, but we know he's past his prime. Uh, Vernon Butler is just not that guy. Um, uh, you know, AJ Epinesa, I, I'm not sure. I'm just not, I'm, I'm not sure, <laughs> you know? So I think it's a combination of both. And I think that's an excellent question. What you think, bro? 100%. Um, I agree. It is an ex- excellent question. Um, I would have to go with the talent, man. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think mm-hmm. that, um, I think that Leslie Frazier is brilliant, man. I really do. I think mm-hmm. that if Leslie Frazier was given, um, a certain level of talent, I think he could probably coach the greatest defense of all time. I really do. Really? Um, nice. I I just see it as when I look at what Leslie Frazier wants to do, I'm not mad at it, right? It's, it's been don't break. And I know people have a problem with that. I'm not mad at it because, you know, people was like, oh, I want this dominant defense. I want you to go attack people. And I get it. I really do. But then those defenses, you know, unless they're all-time great defenses, they're giving up like 25 points a game, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I would rather my defense give up 13, you know, 14 points a game and have one, you know, or two turnovers or, you know, zero or one, zero or one turnovers versus – giving up 35 points a game and having three, four turnovers and mad sacks and all this other stuff. Right. Um, so I think he, he has his secondary down pat his linebackers. I think he's down pat. I don't think that those guys are like ridiculously ultra talented. So I think he puts above average to good players in positions to look like they're great, you know, um, at the linebacker position. Um, I think he has, above average to good players to make look like they're great at the safety position. Now on the line is, it's different, right? This isn't the offensive line where, you know, I, I kind of credited or not credited. I blame Dayball. I said, Dayball, it's your job to protect Josh. It's your job to figure out some type of offensive line scheme that a, you know, has the ability to run the ball and B has the ability to protect Josh Allen. Right. But you can't accomplish what you want to accomplish without an offensive line. Leslie Frazier was kind of doing it without a defensive line, right? He he had Ed Oliver, and that was really it as far as above average talent. Talent, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, Ed Oliver is probably a good, almost great talent, uh, and nobody else on the line was 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 above average. Everybody else was average or less, right? And I feel like if you have good players running at the quarterback, it gives the quarterback a lot less time, you know, to make something happen, um, you know, and, and then obviously the safety, I'm sorry, the, the secondary will be able to make a play because quarterback don't have, you know, six, seven seconds to sit back there and throw, you know, look, scan the field and, mm-hmm. and let somebody run open and, and find the soft spot in his own, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I will go with talent. Um, I've seen Leslie Frazier do too much with too little uh, to, to, to kind of, you know, put a lot of blame on him. Um, I, I understand why people do. 
you know, mm-hmm. there, there obviously have been some things that don't look good cosmetically. Um, but again, I just, I have a ton of respect for, for what he does and what he has done. And um, mm-hmm. so I, I will, I will answer that question. I would say it's, it's because of a lack of talent. Hey man. Uh, excellent. Excellent analysis. Let's let me get, let me get Izzy question up in here right quick. I want to get your thoughts. Okay. What you think about Jamison Crowder from the New York Jets? I, I kind of like, you know, he's a, he's, he's a veteran. I kind of like the kid. I kind of like the kid. Um, uh, he's quick and he's shifty. I don't think he's that fast, but he has some quickness to him. He has some explosion to him. Uh, what you think about Jamison Crowder? Or you just pass altogether? I mean, oh, we also got star. So defensive tackle definitely isn't a high priority, high priority situation at all. Um, but I can't, I can't stand a- star, man. I'm sorry. I, I- I, think, I cannot I think, stand Starlet Tule. I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't stand him, man. If I could find a way, we could find a way to do away with Star. I would I would I would definitely look into that option. I'm not a fan. I'm sorry. I, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I feel like when when Star is healthy and he's on the field, yeah, boy, perform. So um, I, I I can't be I can't be too mad at Star. Although I, I wish he was a little more consistent in terms of uh, being able to play. Um, but I know that the way his contract is set up, he's going to be on the team next year. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, so I, I don't I don't think defensive tackle is a high priority situation. But as far as Jameson Crowder, I um, he's a good player. Right. I just don't want him to come here and get lost in mediocrity. Because mm-hmm. that's sometimes what happens, right? Mm-hmm. When you have a guy who isn't like a, a culture shifter, mm-hmm. you know, when you have a guy who isn't an absolute freak, an absolute, you know, just game wrecker, mm-hmm. which, I mean, he can be at times, but not consistently, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think sometimes they, they get they get lost in mediocrity when they go to a, a bad team and then you look around and nobody else is trying and you're like, well, you know, why am I trying? You know, uh, you know, you losing every game, stuff like that. Um, you know, I, I kind of want a guy that, like a, you know, I think a Khalil Mack. I don't know how much he would be, but if there was a way we could get him to Buffalo, that that's the kind of guy. I mean, like a guy who I game know mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. I know he's gonna go out there and wreck the game. Like mm-hmm. I know he's gonna make plays for me mm-hmm. um, on on any on any given play. Um, Von Miller, I, I could, I would like to see him come in for a year. I know he's still a game wrecker, um, depending on how much money he needs. Um, that you know, there, there's guys. Calais Campbell uh, is is probably mm-hmm. not like a crazy, crazy game wrecker the way he used to be, but he still can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and not only that, but he's a veteran. He's a Hall of Famer to the point where I don't think that he would get lost in mediocrity. He would, you know, kind of wake boys up like yo mm-hmm. you're super talented this is what you do blah 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 mentor guys into being them, their best selves so um uh Chandler you know we we, we talked about Chandler Jones Izzy um you know we, we we both said we would be on board with that um that would be something that we both you know would like to see um so I, I I'm not so super on board with Chandler Jones I'm sorry with uh <laughs> Jameson Crowder uh, yeah Jameson Crowder um, if, if the, if, if I heard, oh, you know, the bill signed Jameson Crowder, it's not like I would be upset, but, um, probably wouldn't be my first choice, but to be fair, I said, I wouldn't want Trey Hendrickson last off season and he right. made me eat my words. So, right. Right. 
Great stuff, man. Great stuff. Absolutely. But um, I, I want to thank all of you guys for joining us. I want to thank my man, A. Rich, for joining me today. Uh, second ever episode of Justice for All. Uh, this is this has been fun, man. Um, yeah, man. This is kind of the last minute. Like I said, I, I've had a crazy weekend. Um, but I appreciate you for helping me make this happen, bro. And uh, I appreciate all of you guys, you know, joining us at, you know, 3 p.m. on a Tuesday. <laughs> we, we never... I don't even think we have any live shows on Tuesday. And so for us to come in at 3 p.m. and you guys to pop up, uh, really appreciate it. Um, Most definitely. We did not discuss back and quarterbacks in Lone Wolf, but I promise you got you on the next show. Um, yep. I am hungry. I need to eat something. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but um, appreciate you, A. Rich, for coming through. Uh, please go follow him, King Rich underscore 987. Billsology, uh, uh, Buffalo Blueprint, post game show lately. He's all over the place. Uh, so definitely go make sure you check him out. You are guys already know where you can find me, Justice General. And um, it's, this is Justice for All every single Tuesday on Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. We usually go live Monday nights. So uh, keep that in mind. Thank you guys for your support. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, have a good night, guys, or good day. <laughs> go Bills. Go Bills. <laughs>